Blog Talk Radio. Excuse me, uh, yes sir, I understand, but do you actually have the word yes in your vocabulary? I guess it started when I was a kid. If you said I couldn't do it, I did. Always had a stubborn streak, put a wall in front of me, and I'll find a way to get around it. There was a friend who said I'd never make the team. A lot of small town talking said I'd never leave. Oh, and you know who you are. You all play the part in pushing me on to my dream. told me no Pack it up and get back home It kept me going Knowing I would prove them wrong Yeah, I knew it all along Without a mind of giving up a long time ago And so I want to thank everyone Who ever told me behind the desk He said, sorry what you got I just don't get Oh, but here I am today Standing on this stage And I wonder even now If he gets it, yeah I want to thank everyone Who ever told me no Pack it up and get back home It kept me going Knowing I would prove them wrong yeah, I knew it all along Without a mind of giving up a long time ago And so I want to thank everyone who ever told me no
and gentlemen, if it's Saturday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, guess what time it is. It's time for Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and we are going to have a rockin' fun time tonight. But first, we have to do a little housekeeping. I want to thank every one of y'all. I know y'all get sick of hearing it, but I really don't care. We are headed to 129,000 listeners just on this show. This show, just just on Blog Talk. That doesn't include all the podcasts that thing goes up on after the show, where we are now at 200,000 plus in 200 countries with all the podcasts. Y'all know we're on Reverb Nation, iTunes, YouTube, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast.com, Podcast Garden. And a whole host of other places. I don't even know who puts them up, but somebody does, not me. But anyway, I want to thank all of y'all, and I especially want to thank Australia, because Australia has been with me since day one, and they are still the biggest base that I have on this show. Thank you guys so much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's two ways you can get on this show. And if you want to get on this show this year, you better hurry, because I've only got a couple of dates left in December. I'm already booking for January. That's how popular y'all have made this show. It's your show. It's not mine. I'm just the facilitator. But you can come on the show as a guest, or you can become a sponsor for the show. Either way, contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com, and I will tell you how to do it. And before we get started with our guest, who I'm... I can't wait, so just bear with me just a few more minutes because I have to um, run some couple of ads real quick from some of our sponsors. John Isaac Jones, he's been on this show. He's an author, and he writes a, short, so a, a, a set of short stories called Alabama Stories. It's only on Kindle, and it's it's a cute little book. I've read it. It is absolutely hysterical. And he writes it from a 12-year-old perspective. He's from that area. I've been to that area. John Isaac Jones, Alabama Stories. Now, also, those of y'all that heard the show I did with Jay Traveler Pelton, she writes the Oberlin Trilogy. The first in the series is The Infant Conspiracy. In 2018, the Oberlins are a shadow family. The parents, Noel and Violet, along with their children, are very close-knit in more ways than one. You see, they all work in the family firm. The children are supposed to take over the firm after the brothers return from their hitch with Uncle Sam so the parents can retire. But things go south real fast when a savage virus is turned loose on an unsuspecting public. Join the Oberlins as they set out to make the world a safer place. That is The Infant Conspiracy by J. Traveler Pelton, also on Amazon. Now, when I tell you that this show is making a difference, you can put it in the bank and write checks on it. This next author, Diane Moat, put up a couple of months ago that her books went number one in Australia. Australia, the show, adds, guess what? That's why. She writes the Sam Holden series. The first in the series is Dog Gone, and the second in the series is Dog Fight. And it goes kind of like this. Wherever a helpless animal whimpers in the dark and wherever the system fails to protect an animal, she'll be there and she isn't giving up any time soon, so you've been warned. When Sam Holden receives a tip about a brutal dog fighting ring, she embarks on one of her most dangerous acts of vigilantism yet. No, I can't talk tonight. 
The monster known as the puppeteer circles Sam's world while she unknowingly circles his. And while they chase each other, is Sam going to put those she loves most in harm's way in order to break up this ring? With time running out and animals in need, the dangerous life Sam's created begins to eclipse any other life she could ever lead. Also on Amazon, ladies and gentlemen, that's Diane Moat, Doggone, and Dog Fight. Now, to get to tonight's show, this this guest that I have, I think he was my evil twin in another life. Because when I did my deep dive on him, as y'all all know I do, I'm going... Yes, yes, yes. He and I think so much alike. His name is Mitchell Levy. He is a keynote speaker as well as an author. And he is the AHA guy at AHAVAT and CEO of Salt Leader Architect at Think AHA. He and his team make it easy for corporations to easily create compelling content that helped turn their experts into recognized thought leaders. Now, I know y'all are going, what the hell are you talking about, woman? Well, without further ado, Mr. Mitchell Levy, welcome. And explain this to folks, because I know what you're talking about, but obviously they may not. So, uh, great to be here. And uh, so, evil twin, how about, like, happy, happy, good-looking twin, or... Funny, sophisticated, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll put something else on there. And congrats on the success of your show. That sounds fantastic. Well, so thank you. It's all, it's all of y'all's fault. It, it's our fault. It's all y'all's fault. Yeah, because not okay. only do the li- not only do the listeners throw it out there, but guests bring more guests, and then strangers through the internet say hey Yvonne I've got this wonderful guy will you put him on your sure I'll put him on my show and it was you (laughs) that's great (laughs) beautiful so uh, two things let me let me I'll quickly say who I am and then we'll, we'll we'll jump into thought leadership and what actually that is so I actually empower experts and thought leaders to share their genius and, and that's a very simple expression. And I think just uh, for anyone who's on the show, when you say to somebody, who are you, what do you do? If they can't respond in five to seven seconds in today's world, you recognize there's an opportunity to help them be better because we need to quickly, there's so much content coming at us. There's so many opportunities for us to divert our attention somewhere else that honestly we need to figure out how to be able to convince somebody quickly that they want to hear just a little bit more. So that's what I do. I empower experts and thought leaders to share their genius. And, and then you say, what's a thought leader? And the interesting part is that definition has absolutely changed over time. In the old days, in the old days being 20 plus years ago, Thought leaders were given to us by the broadcast media, by the publishing companies, by the recording studios. We were told who we were going to see in the big screens, who we were going to actually listen to, what artists we were going to listen to. Nice song, by the way, for the intro. And who we were going to read. And what, what happened is those, those companies would spend so much money on their thought leaders that they were expected to know everything and do everything. And, and essentially what would happen is the – the expert or the thought leader would say jump, and their flock, we were known as flock at that stage, would say how high. Uh-huh. And then this thing came along called the Internet. Not Actually, technically what came along was the World Wide Web, not the Internet. So what came along was 
our use as, as humans of the Internet. And anyone who wanted to, just like this show, had a mic or had a camera and could show themselves and share information and get people excited and create the type of following you did. And what would happen is we were no longer given, although the bigger companies still want to give us who our thought leaders are, but anyone who wants to can put their brand out there. So the rules have changed. So then the first question to ask is, well, what's important? What does all this mumbo jumbo mean to me? And it's very simple. And, and you and I, you mentioned up front that, that I actually, that you watched the TED Talk, and we'll make it simple. We do uh-huh. business with those that we know, like, and trust. And we, depending on where you do business, you don't need to extend, extend your reach beyond whatever that geographical or vertical location is that you do business today. And what's important is you need to be recognized as somebody could help somebody's problem. So I, you need to be the recognized expert. So I'm, I'm redefining the word thought leader to be synonymous with the word recognized expert. And so essentially what happens, you just need to be recognized to be able to solve the problem that you do today or solve the pain points that you do today for your, for your customers. And that will help you, whether it's word of mouth, like you mentioned in the show, or whether it's some form of advertising that will help you reach new customers. And, and would it be fair to say, and, and I am so glad that you brought up that we were brainwashed to only read certain books because that's all that was published, watch certain movies because that's all that was filmed, listen to certain music because that's all that was put out. And those of us of, of your and my generation and breaking out of, we talked about being in the box, breaking out of that mold and that box, for some of our generation, it has been like a culture shock. They, it's an old boss of mine told me one time, he says, you have to learn how to be resilient in order to be successful. Mm. That stuck with yeah, me. It, 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 uh, by the way, a, a brilliant man or woman who said that to you. Um, yeah, I, so the answer is yes. Now, it was surprising because when you said an old boss said to me, I can't tell you the stories of the number of people who have come to me who said, an old boss said to me, I need to find a single niche. I need to stay focused. I need to figure out how to solve the problem and be the best at solving this one thing. And it's the opposite of what the appropriate advice is today. And today's advice is, is exactly what your old boss told you, and that is, you know, if something you do today is successful, and makes money, and is valuable, and essentially, and, and basically, how, here's how I view the world. If you're a speaker, if you're a consultant, if, if you're providing a service or a product, in, in essence, you do a very simple thing, and that is you're solving a problem that somebody else has, or you're, you're solving a niche, you're providing a service or a need that somebody else has. And if you do that today and get paid for it, and you get paid well enough for it, other people are going to come by and do the same thing, right? Exactly. So, or, or the industry changes, right? So maybe a problem that you solve today is just automatically handled by a piece of software or by a company. Or think about if you were driving limousines or taxi drivers. I can't remember the last time I used a taxi or limo versus Uber or Lyft, if you want to be more politically correct, right? So, so sometimes technology and companies change in your job 
your job is to figure out to me as a human, as a human who's in business today is how can you be valuable and how can you continue to be valuable as life changers? And, and, and Mitchell, would it also be proper to incorporate in, in being valuable and to understanding that what we are solving, selling, or giving away is not the brand, that we are the brand. And in order to be able to solve that, we have to understand that, and we've got to be able to put ourselves out there without fear of being slapped down, though we will be, but get up, pick our ass up, put on our big girl and boy panties, and move on. (laughs) So can I say more than yes? (laughs) Yes, you can. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever had. I don't think I've ever had big boy panties. So that's an interesting (laughs) comment. Um, This will be the first. I'm really impressed with that. You know, every now and then I look for that first thing. I'll have to. Unfortunately, I'm I'm outside up on my computer. Otherwise, I'd be tweeting that comment. Do you know what I just heard on this? So, um, I think that's the thing that's really interesting. I, I mean, you've. You've really hit the nail on the head for those that are listening, and it's very simple. We, we were brought up to say, hey, we're going to think of it. Best way to think about it, think about third party. Think about the country of Japan. Japanese citizens were brought up to go and join a company, and they were offered lifetime employment to the company. They did not have individual personalities. They had the personality of the company. And being a good Japanese executive, executive meant that you knew what your boss was thinking before he even said those words. Uh-huh. That was really interesting. And, and so today, <laughs> that's not the case. It is okay for you to stand. Now, here's where it's, there's this fine line that people don't get. It is okay for you to be successful at what you do and tell people you do that. Except, now here's, here's a big exception. Right now, we were given this concept called social media. We were given an opportunity with the World Wide Web and the the cameras and the microphones. We were given an opportunity to actually not have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the brand out there, but just to actually talk and do our thing. And what has to happen is you have to recognize the difference between when it's appropriate to get your message out there, where you're getting – so right now – Here's a great example. You're getting your message out there, but I'm helping you doing it, doing it because you're using it under my brand. Exactly. Right? And that is so much different than you standing on a microphone doing a single show by yourself and saying, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm kind of cool. I know the answer, so follow me, and that's how it works. That's what – when people hear the word social media – actually, and I, I say the word, but those are two words – and so do this with me. Take up your both hands, put up your double fingers, and say the word social by yourself. Then do a little plus sign there and do the word media by yourself. And what happens is people, people hear this phrase social media, and all they hear is media. Hey, I have access to media, and I could talk about me. And you know what? That's not, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to talk about the value you provide to those people you want to interact with, and the social component is helping other people. So do what, what your mom used to tell you to do when you were young or your grandmother used to do. Do unto others, be nice to others, they'll be nice to you. Take the social component of what you need to do and make that 
what you share socially, and then people gravitate to you. And and that is what makes it so hard for so many in the industry that I'm in to understand is we are only as success. And, and this is one of the things that I, one of my mantras: we are only as successful as we help others to be. Yes. So tell me your. You remind me your industry. I, I did some research ahead of time, but tell me. What is it, when you say the industry we're in? What is that industry? The indie artist industry, the indie music, the indie publishing, the indie writers, because we years ago, 2007 to be exact, I was one of the first to break out of the um, mold. You know, we talked about molds and boxes because of, of self. It used to be called self-publishing. And we were looked down on. I mean, we were worse than dirt because if you weren't quote unquote traditionally published, you you weren't worth a flip. So a group of us broke out of that mold and created the indie world as we know it now. It it has taken this long for us to be accepted, but there are still those out there that don't understand that it takes the whole community of us to make each other successful. And and when one person tries to screw it up by being selfish, self-centered, and unappreciative, it brings back that old um, reputation of y'all aren't worth anything. Mm. So we have to we have to help each other be successful in a positive way. And and what I tell them is you learn to pick your battles, and when you, you only pick those that you know you're going to win, and you win them in such a way that you don't leave a bad taste in someone else's mouth. Bless their hearts. I can, uh, I can buy into that approach. As a matter of fact, I would say to you, whether it's in their corporate world or my personal life or whatever it is, I'd, I actually don't go into a meeting without knowing what the outcome will be before we start, even if there's some nebulous component of what the outcome, you got to know before you start. And if it's a meeting that you're doing in corporate and there's lots of people involved, there may be a lot of preliminary work you do to prepare yourselves to have the outcome you want. But really, it's a different way of saying, yes, you want to make sure you win before you start. You want to make sure you win in such a way where other people are feeling like they won as well. Yes, absolutely. Would you get out of my head? (laughs) (laughs) So where do you want to take this? What do you want to make sure we cover in the next uh, little bit of time we have together? What would be valuable for your listening audience to go, holy cow, I didn't know that? Well, as soon as we come back from the break, let's talk about giving yourself permission to step into your dream, because I preach that all the time about being seen, being heard, and being you, because many people live their life behind a mask. We know that, both in their private life and in their professional life, and see where it goes. Beautiful. I mean, there's that sounds there's great. no way in hell we're going to cover everything under the shining sun that I could pick your brain on for hours in one sitting. It just isn't going to happen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this, this man is magnificent. I'm telling you, he. Oh, thank you. 
you could take lessons from him and see a change in your personal life, your professional life, and anything that you do. Because I've I've been in corporate America. I didn't like corporate America. But that being said, we will return in about five minutes. This is Yvonne Mason with Off the Chain and my guest author and keynote speaker, I can't talk anymore, Mitchell Levy. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Horses See Ghosts, a new poetry book by Gannat Wise. It's been called Poetry for the Rest of Us. Amazon. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A true Montana adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. A struggling city, its beloved baseball team, an antique camera, and photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell, an entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe, available at Amazon.com. Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our book, the And I Thought series, and the Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> You so silly. You silly. Remember Did you write that? That's funny. <laughs> Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. The year, 1888. The place, London's East End. Dead and mutilated bodies are popping up all over, from Stamford to Whitechapel. Jack the Ripper is leaving his mark and the city's on edge. Yvonne Mason is back with a tale of murder and millinery. The Rhodes Hat Factory is booming while the body count rises. Why now? How are these hats connected? Has the Hatter gone mad? Mad Hatter from Yvonne Mason. Available now on Amazon.com. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest tonight, keynote speaker and author, Mitchell Levy. And we are talking about how to be basically successful and get that aha moment in your life. And before the break, Mitchell said, what do we want to finish up the next few minutes talking about? And one of the things I said is be you and give yourself permission to 
step into your dream. And you know the song that I played at the beginning of the show, Mitchell? My mm-hmm. entire life people told me no. They told me I couldn't write. They told me I couldn't do the things that I knew I could do. Well, that's become my theme song for this show. I want to thank all those people because it was when I gave myself permission to make my dream come true that my dream started coming true. So you manifested your dream. Yes. I, like I went it. back. I went back to college when I was 54, 52 years old. I hadn't been in cotton school since I graduated high school in '69. I graduated with a degree in criminal justice. I became a bounty hunter with people saying, you can't do that. You're female and you're over 40. I published my first book you in did? 2000. God, that sounds like fun. Oh, it was fun. It's, 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 a, it's a hoot and a half because people underestimate me. But I gave myself permission to do those things. I published my first book in 2006 after 20 years of people saying, no, you can't do that. I started this radio show after a five-year plan. So, yeah, I want to tell all those people, thank you for telling me no, because I gave myself permission to do this. They didn't. So tell folks, Mitchell, if you will, how it one can do that. This is interesting. I, I, there's a couple of directions I could take this conversation, if you don't mind. And let me, I'll take it anywhere you want to go. Let me call it off the chain. I, I, I appreciate that. So let me let me paint this one as to what I do and how I can help so that people can put that in context. And then let's do the next section where we'll just talk about anybody, right? But okay. I want to what I need to do because you do the indie thing, I need to actually put myself in context. Right? So uh, am I an indie publisher? I guess so. I've published over 800 titles. And we have a platform called Aha that so if you go to ahathat.com and you're looking for content to share, we have 45,000 pieces of content, basically aha messages, that you could share today. And the platform is free to use, free to share. And part of, part of uh, being successful in terms of whatever you do in life is, is putting yourself towards doing what you think is important and putting your energy towards the things where you actually add value and then, and then getting other people to help you do the things that don't add value. So in my particular case, so my target audience is not the independent author who wants to write the types of books that you write, right? My particular uh, person is the business person who is inter- anyone who's in business today, and you need to demonstrate you're an expert. You need to demonstrate that. You're the person who could self, that can solve the problem for other people. I'm going to say something that's blasphemous for authors to hear. If you're the person and you're in business today and your job is to help, whether you're an accountant or a financial advisor or a marketing expert or a, even an author coach, if your job is to help other people be successful, then you should not, no, you're going to hate this, you should not spend a minute writing your own book. You should not spend a minute publishing your own book. And let me tell you why. Having published 800 books, what I'll say is it takes about an hour per page. And I like books which are about 120 pages long. 
So if you're going to put a 120-page book together, it'll take about 120 hours of writing. Now, next thing is if you're going to publish yourself, yes, you can go to Amazon, you could go to CreateSpace, you could basically throw stuff into a Word document, you could have it spew out there and not spend a lot of time, but you won't get the value you need out of that. So as a publisher, we save the author about 200 hours. So here's an interesting thing. Let's say you're a financial accountant uh, or you, you do a list of a litany of other things. How about this? You're, you're a bounty hunter, right? So uh-huh. should you spend 320 hours, 120 hours writing and 200 hours publishing because you can't? And I'm going to say to you the answer is no, you shouldn't. I'll tell you why. Because what we'll do, one of the things that I do is I'll do a two-hour interview with the expert. I'll pull the genius from their head. I then put together a writing school, and my writers will write the book for you. And we're going to create a book that's available to easily share on social media as well as distributed at 80-plus locations. And we'll do an Amazon bestseller campaign so you're an Amazon bestselling author. And we'll spend about between but five to ten hours of your time. All right, so let's just assume all this is true. You're going to spend money. It's going to take you about three months, elapsed time. You're going to spend about, let's just say, 10 hours. We'll we'll go on 10 hours of your time versus 320. Now, you could spend a lot less money, technically, if you did it yourself, but I'm going to save you 310 hours of time. So imagine if you had a book that demonstrated you were an expert at what you did. It was an Amazon best-selling book, and then you had the 310 hours left over where you marketed yourself. If you did nothing more than physically walk the book to 310 customers an hour each, think about what that would do for you and your business. And that's, to me, what, I'm, what I'd like people to think about, not, not, not necessarily buying into my product and my company. If it makes sense, yeah, happy to talk to you. I want you to think about using your time wisely to do the things that's the most important, most relevant to you. And I think we touched on it, but I want to just uh, reemphasize it. The most important thing for you in today's business world is for you to get your brand out there. So spending time writing, spending time publishing, spending time doing things that are not specifically focused on getting your brand out there is not the best use of your time. And so I just... We have a when we look at books together, uh, you and I, I, I'm going after a different target audience. That said, all the things we're talking about are still relevant. And that is very true because what what you said about authors writing, we do spend a lot of time with the book. We write the book, we we first draft it, then we second draft it. I've been known to third and fourth draft it. That's before I ever send it off to the editor. Right. And, and so that's the interesting part. You have a different book than I do. So, uh-huh. for instance, I did a TED Talk. And for those that wanted to, I did a TED Talk called Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. Basically, how do, you, how do you be heard in today's world? And then I wrote a book that complemented that book. I spent between, uh, I don't know, less than 10 hours, probably five hours writing that other book. It's in paperback. It's in hardcover. It is my business card that I hand out to people. It is that thing that I use. When I hand you a hardcover book, you look inside. It's color on the inside. It's easy to read, and it convinces you super quickly that I am an expert at what I do. That's when it serves a purpose. I write a different book than you. Right. Because right? to me, it's not about 
how many books I sell. This is where it's slightly different for me. It's about how many books I can put in the hands of those people who could hire me. Right. And that's where it's different. So when, when you're thinking about the world today, we were brought up to think, Hey, if you're an author, you're going to make money selling your books and maybe you'll get on the speaking tour, the speaking tour. You either get paid to be a speaker or people will buy your book in the back of the room. What I want to say is, well, that's not exactly the case. You, to me, you're an author because you could say, hey, I'm an Amazon best-selling author, and I'm successful at, think about my title of my book. I, the title, I'm an international best-selling author of the book, Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. You want to be seen and be heard as a thought leader, and you Google that into, uh, you put that into Google, you're going to come up with my name. You see international best-selling author, you're going to say, hey, I need to talk to Mitchell Levy. Right, exactly. And then that's where the door opens. That's part of my branding to get the word out. So for you, you're doing books which are slightly different. So this vehicle that you have, this talk that we're having right now, is helpful at getting other people to hear you, to see you. And then when you say, oh, by the way, I got a book on this topic, they're listening to you because they know, like, and trust you. And then you bring up a, a topic that they may have not bought the book otherwise because – they may not have known you, but now that they know you and you talk about it, like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. I'm going to buy it because it's interesting, or I'm going to buy it because I want to support Yvonne. That's a, you know what I'm saying? That's a different world uh, today than it was yesterday. And, and it, tomorrow will even be a, a more different world than it is today, and it, that goes back to the ability of being resilient. I can no longer go to events because my husband is very ill and I can't leave him. And I knew I was coming to that point in our life. That is why I planned this show for five years. I knew the the premise of it. I knew how I wanted to get it out there. And I also knew that I wanted to bring people like you along with me so that I could share the non-tangible wealth, so to speak, because I knew this, By the way, I'm going to interrupt you. That was that is so cool. Can I, for those that are listening, I mean, they know they probably know you better, but I, I, I I'm just meeting you. You are being transparent online. You're yes. actually being vulnerable. You're telling the world. By the way, if you need me to go to an event, it's going to be really hard for me to do it because I'm doing what's more important to me right now, and that's taking care of my husband. That is yes. freaking awesome. Right, so people get to hear you and see you and feel you, and you know, and when, when we were growing up, those, those are words we never said, right? We, we we actually were taught don't tell the world that you have a sick spouse because they may think of you differently, right? And that's not how it. That's not the world today, and, no, and you've done a great job, and yeah, and well, that's what to me, that's what's exciting about this statement about being you, right? If, if you, since you knew that was coming, you did something that was valuable to make that happen. So, so that's, for, for, so the, the, the point I'll have people think about simply, if you know tomorrow you want to do something, well, why don't you start doing it today? Exactly. And, and I'll have to tell you, this is a, this is the one thing I'm in Silicon Valley. I've coached tens of thousands of people and, and it's really interesting. One of the things, this may not be so obvious to people, but 
if you're an engineer and you've worked on a particular Intel chipset, no, no, nobody knows what that is or what it matters. I mean, Intel's done a good job of making Intel inside. But every now and then, a company like Intel is going to say, you know what? That chipset has hit, had hit its end. We're going to go somewhere else. And what you don't see are the thousands of people who don't transition with that, who uh-huh. they've learned one thing. They thought that was enough. They decided not to learn something else, and they got fired. And then they look back, and they go, how did that happen? Right, because they they weren't resilient. They didn't keep up, and and I think the life has changed so much. So if you want to do something, if you're, if, and I'll just talk about people here in Silicon Valley. If you want to do something tomorrow that's not what you're doing today, well, it, unless you have a hundred percent of your time committed to doing the work that brings in revenue, if you've got any extra bit of time at all, you should be ex- experimenting doing something else, doing something that you really want to try doing and spend a couple hours a week, whether it's a half hour or a couple hours or 10 hours a week doing what it is you really want to do. And then over time, you're running these experiments. And if you get lucky enough that those experiments start bringing in the type of revenue that would allow you to replace your existing revenue stream, well, then you're actually getting paid to do what you really want to do. And then you don't most people don't take that first step. And then you don't work another day in your life because it's a passion. It's not a job. Yes. Okay, evil twin. I'll I'll, I'll go with the the evil twin thing. (laughs) Or the happy twin. My my brother, I have a there's five of us siblings, and and the brother under me is mentally and physically challenged, and he is my yardstick. Mm. He is the reason that I published my first book because it was about him, and that was a 30-year journey. And his philosophy has always been, I can do anything I want to do, even though he was told he couldn't. Now, stupid me, I'm mm. older than him, but stupid me was always the scaredy cat. I, you know, I'd be afraid to, to do anything. Even though I wanted out of the box, I was afraid to do it because I was afraid of failure and afraid of being laughed at. He didn't care. If he wanted to do mm. it, he did it. So, to me... He is he is the he is my hero because he is the one that after all the years of self doubt and and being told no that I woke up one day and said, Yvonne, one day we're all gonna be gone and the only person that's gonna remember Stanley is gonna be gone too. So I have to put this down for him. Even if it's just on paper for the kids and the grandkids to read. Then I started thinking, Well, why not publish it? He's got a story. That was that journey, and this is this is what you basically I'm understanding you to say. If you want it bad enough, find a way to do it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Because what was not available to us before, for instance, if we wanted to publish a book, we couldn't self-publish a book, and self-publishing had a bad connotation to it. Yeah. Nowadays, it's not it's not a bad thing to self-publish. As a matter of fact, a lot of the self-publishing content, what would normally have in the past been called self-published, it has great value. As a matter of fact, yeah. I, I got to tell you a funny story. I was I was I met some so so the same guy. I have to tell you this. I met him at a coffee shop. I normally don't meet people in person. I, I nowadays I do so much stuff on video because it's just so much easier. But I met a guy at a local coffee shop and. 
when I walk in the door, I could see he was excited to see me. He put his arms up like he was going to give me a hug. And the first thing I did, first time I met him, we never talked before, I got a hug. And, and I, that doesn't bother me at all. I'm thinking, that's really fascinating. And, and I, so then I asked the question, so what gave you permission to give me a hug? Right? Because, you know, you, I, and, and, and guys don't think about the permission thing the same way girls do. And right. it turns out that he said, well, Mitchell, I was reading all your material, and, you, and I just felt such an, a, a kinship to you. I'm like, I really needed to. I'm like, wow, what did you read? Because I need to share more of that, right? Um, we had a great conversation. But this is the part that was funny. So that was the good side, and I'll give you the bad side. So, so all of a sudden, <laughs> so we show him, I show him the books. I show him the publishing. I show him all the stuff we do. And we, I mean, having published 800 books, we produce great books. I write nice royalty checks for a number of my authors. And he opens up one of the books, he looks through it, and he goes, and it's not a name you recognize, right? So the, one of the publishing brands, the brand I brought with me was the Think Aha brand. So he opens up the book, and as pretty as it looks, as worrying as it is, he goes, oh, so this is self-publishing. <laughs> and and, I, and, and I, I just kind of laughed, and I go, well, I don't know. I, I've published over 800 books. I guess you could call it self-publishing because I – I'm, I'm the company, and I, I, and I have people working for me, and I, I do do it myself. <laughs> but when is it when is it? I just found it so funny. So, so no matter who you are, it, the the reason I said that is as brilliant as that man was, by reading my stuff and wanting to give me a hug, which he knew I'd be receptive for. He still had been battered by society that the word self-publishing was bad. And if yeah. this was self-publishing, it was by definition bad. And and I and, and I guess I just want to say, well, when is it <laughs> when is it not bad, <laughs> right? And so anyhow, I just found that funny. And, and I'd say for most anyone listening, really, find out your passion, find out what's what's what you're interested in, and as you're exploring, talk to other people and find out people who who can help you. Because, you know, we were brought up thinking, hey, you got to do this all yourself. And nowadays, you don't. There's probably somebody out there doing exactly what you need to do. And if you can leverage what they're doing to help you be successful, i.e., I'm leveraging this time with you right now to reach the audience that you already serve. Why wouldn't I do this and take the time out of my life to do that with you? A, I connect with you because it's, it's valuable and you're interesting. And you and I already talked. We'll do something else together. That will be fun. Yes. But also, what's going to happen is, is, is I reach your audience. It's a win-win for both of us. Why wouldn't I want to do and, that? And, and, and because we are heard in over 200-plus countries, if, you, if we reach one person and they connect with you and you provide the service you provide, it's, a, it's like you say, it's a win-win. And if we reach one person that is doubting themselves, because I'm a big proponent in believing who you are, be special, don't just feel special, and, and they can fulfill their passion, then this show is successful. I, I'm so glad you said that. You got me thinking about one thing. I, uh, so so I, I'm on four or five shows a week. I, I've got a nice 
if, if you just Google my name, Mitchell Levy, you know, I've got 18,000 followers on, on LinkedIn, 46,000 on Twitter, uh, 3,000 friends on Facebook. I, being cautious because you got that 5,000 limit. So I have a nice following. And, and I was talking to one of my friends who also has a pretty nice following, I think even bigger than mine. And, and, and he and I just, you know, we were talking to each other. And we're like, yeah, yeah, let's help each other out, blah, blah, blah. And, he, and, and we started laughing because sometimes we would see somebody we like and we'd say, hey, how'd you like to be on our show? Right? Honor, right? To get, get on somebody's show. And I've got, I've got a, a show that I'm running, another one I'm just creating. And uh, he goes, the first thing some people ask is, so what's your audience and what's your reach? Oh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, y- yes, we can provide those numbers, right? But, but I think it comes down to, and this is what you said, and this is what I heard. If you can just reach one person, right? If I could do nothing more with what our interaction is, whether or not it's a client for me, whether or not it's a client for you, whether or not it's somebody who just completely transformed who they were from a thinking perspective because we, we unlocked, we gave them, the, for me, my vernacular, we gave them that aha moment. They're like, oh, I can do that. I can make this happen. And the answer is yes, of course you can. That's what the world is today. The tools for you to be successful are right in front of you. You just need to grab them. And and they're within your they're within yourself. They're, this is what is so hard to convey to people when I'm talking to them and they first started out. The tools of success are within within you, within yourself, within your psychic, within your ability to communicate with yourself and with others. Yes, <laughs> hear her. <laughs> so I assume I assume it didn't take you 30 years to write your second book. No, actually, it took me a year because it was a true crime, and there's a lot of research involved and a lot of interviewing involved. It took a year to write that one, and mm. the the um, the tidal wave that came after that book came out was being on television four different times, multiple interviews. Yeah, but but that was not. The intent, the intent was to give the victims a voice because they had been forgotten for over 34 years. Mm. Oh, so when they want to, you are tasty. So when, they, so when they want to be heard, when the girls want to be heard, then I get called by television producers or, or somebody contacts me and, and wants to interview or books start settling like mad. But the girls drive the train. Because it's their story. Hmm. Fascinating. It, it it really is because I knew, unlike others out there, God love them. I knew that when I started writing and and publishing books, that I was not going to make a million dollars. And this is what I tell people who say I want to write a book, and I'll say, Well, look. Do you think you're going to make a fortune? Well, of course. I said, then go find another line of work because you're not. <laughs> Wait, yeah, absolutely. That's where you and I are so similar. It's, it, it, for me, it's like the money you're going to make is found on the book. Now, you may get lucky, right? And right. somebody by the name of Joanne Rawlings, now J.K. Rawlings, got lucky, right? So you may get lucky. 
But, you know, the thing is, you if it's a passion of yours, you write it because it's a passion. It could be a cathartic reason you write it. It could be because there's a story you want to tell. Or in my case, if you're in business today, there is no better tool than the tool of saying you're the author of a book that solves the pain point your prospects have. So I just thought I'd make it. That's really me. That's my clarity focus for anyone listening is you say, just answer this question to yourself. If somebody goes to hire you, what problem do you solve for them? And then, and then you write that down. And then you say, okay, turn that into the title of your book. And if you have a title of your book, it basically talks about the problem you solve for your prospect. It almost doesn't matter what's on the inside. That's what we do. We put what's on the inside easy so it reinforces your messaging and who you are. And your job then is to take that thing, take that asset, and put it in the hands of everyone who could hire you. Simple. It, it, and why in the world, Mitchell, do people make it more complicated than it really is? <laughs> um, well, that, uh, I think I need a, a different degree and maybe a psychology degree. Um, I, you know, part of it goes back to the, the nuance between this, uh, our entire conversation. We were brought up in a different culture. We were brought up in a different way. A thing called a book in the, in the past, you know, given the, the introduction of the Gutenberg Press, one of the first books on the Gutenberg Press was the Bible, right? Yep. And, and when publishers said, here, do a book, Typically, their author had to spend a thousand hours writing a business book that covered every possible thing imaginable. They were that quote unquote recognized thought leader who, who basically solved world hunger. Well, nowadays, you just don't have to do that, right? If, if you are a lawyer who deals in, uh, I don't know, um, deals in a state law. In the county, and you, you come up with whatever county you're in, in your local county, well, then why does anyone need to know you outside of that county or outside of the world of a state law? And generally speaking, the answer is if they don't need to know, then why are you going to create a vehicle that goes beyond that? And if you could narrow the focus of what you're going after, now it's a lot easier to reach that audience. And, and what happens is in the back of people's mind, they go, oh, I want to write a book. I want to write a book that is going to make so much money. I, I want to do what my father's father did before him. And I'm going to be really successful doing that. And, and what happens is this old, this old story that's sort of embedded in their subconscious is, is hitting them in the head. And they're like, they're, they're dreaming about what might happen. And they're not thinking about, oh, well, once again, what do I need to do to be successful both today and tomorrow? Let's do that. Yep. You're not going to believe this, my friend, but our hour is almost up. I know, crazy, right? Yes. <laughs> will, will you come back? <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. Because we didn't even, I mean, we could do this for hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think you and I both have a high BS quotient, but you know what we should do next time? Let's bring on, let's have somebody come in that we could actually incorporate into the story or we could ask questions for, or 
let's let's focus. There's a couple of different ways to do this, right? A lot of times, okay. what I what I might say is, hey, find somebody who wants to do an Aha book. I mean, for those that are interested, by the way, I, I think I mentioned AhaThat.com. It's got 45,000 pieces of content you could share. If you want to write a business book and you want to write it in eight hours or less, we have a three-step process. Go to AhaThat, A-H-A-T-H-A-T.com slash author, and you could see the three-step process. So sometimes I'd say is, hey, let's get somebody who writes their first Aha book, and we'll bring them on and we'll talk about it. So that's one approach. Or maybe we find somebody who is just trying to figure out or just trying to step out the box or trying to – let's figure out something that – that really brings in some quotient of significant value to a set of your listeners. And I'm happy to okay. come back. We can work on that. We'll come, we'll, we'll, <laughs> okay. We'll, do, we'll, we'll, we'll work towards that on the, after the first of the year. Will that work for you? You, uh, you name it. I'm, uh, I, this was so much fun. I am happy to help you sometime in the future that makes sense for you. Okay. So, t- ladies and gentlemen, he tell them real quick where all you can be found, because you did early, but reiterate it. Oh, here's what I – the biggest thing I've suggested, and I think you were impacted by this. So, Google Mitchell Levy, uh, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, last name L-E-V-Y, or Google um, uh, Mitchell Levy TED Talk. Uh, spend 17 minutes and 34 seconds watching my TED Talk. It, people have been telling me it, it'll change your perspective. And then if you want to connect with me on social, the social media companies are spending hundreds of millions of dollars making sure that my name comes up with their site. So connect me on the platform that you think is relevant. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Snapchat, Pinterest, uh, whatever is the platform you play on, uh, connect to me and I'm happy to uh, correspond with you there. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he took an hour out of his life to spend it with me, and he has family visiting him. And I am so humbled, so grateful, and so appreciative. And remember, at the end of every show, this is what I say. People will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They'll forget what you're wearing, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you make them feel. So remember, we're all burning, ladies and gentlemen. So go out of your way to make someone else be special, not just feel special, but be special. And when you look at yourself in the mirror every morning, tell yourself, I am special. Don't just feel special because that is fleeting. And as Mitchell and I have talked about tonight, give yourself permission to live your dream. Correct, Mitchell? (laughs) I'm... I'm yes, I'm salivating. I'm loving what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I've got this big smile on my face. People are walking past me and 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 say, "Why is this guy got this big smile on their faces?" Cuz you're saying things that resonate with me. So thank you. You are quite welcome and thank you, my dear. Don't hang up when the show goes dark. Cause I want to tell you some things, but I want to thank you again for being on the show, for taking the the time out and spending with, it with me. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of our shows for this week, but we will start out next week on Wednesday night at eight o'clock Eastern Daylight Time here at Off the Chain. And as as I always tell each of you at the end of every show, be good to yourself, love yourself, love your children. And give them permission to live their dream as well, because we all are part of the thread of the future, especially our children. 
So until next Wednesday night, I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, off the chain with my guest, Mitchell Levy, saying good evening. Okay, now we're off the air. The show is going into archives, and this conversation is going to show up, but that's okay. But what I wanted to tell you is when I get off from here with you, once the show archives up, I'm going to put the link on my page and tag you in it. And then tomorrow when I put it up on all the other podcasts that I have, I'm also going to put those links up and tag you. Feel free to spread it everywhere. Happy to. Thank you, my dear. Thank you so, so much for for, for the hour. You just regenerated me and charged my batteries, and I appreciate it so, so much. Oh, this was beautiful. You're great. You're right. You're great. This is uh, this is fun. And and Yvonne, so Kate, try to re-listen at some point in time, and then let's figure out what we can do together that's going to help bring your your position, your stage, your focus uh, to a new level, whatever that might be. Okay, I will do that. And I will. I, I will. At, at the end of the day, what I often say is, if there's a way you can take your audience and help them be more successful and make money at the same time, that would be perfect. That would be absolutely perfect. That would be absolutely perfect. Because I don't work at this. This is a passion of mine, so it's not not a whole lot of work. (laughs) So I will leave you for the evening. I will leave you for the evening. I will send you some dates. And, again, would you thank your family for me and tell them how much I appreciate them giving up an hour of your time with them for me? You are so sweet. Thank you. Yes, I will. I'd be honored. All right, darling. Go and have a good evening, and we'll talk later. Thank you. I look forward to it. This is You were fantastic. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome.